0: I fractured my foot and had to go to the ER. We were there for over four hours getting x-rays, talking to doctors and nurses, and then getting my cast and crutches. Looking back on this experience, it never crossed my mind that a homeless person would not have been able to receive the same care. It's unlikely that they would even be able to go in for their yearly checkup like I do every year. How is a homeless person going to know if they have a growing cancer that is threatening their life or a disease that can only be caught by a health professional? sad answer is most of them won't. And even if they did, could they pay for it? Should lifestyle impose certain limitations on a person's access to fundamental human rights such as basic health care? Hi, my name is Lindsay Corfield and I'm a current senior at Pinewood High School and you're listening to Health Without a Home. Homelessness is a key driver of poor health. It is associated with many health inequalities, like shortened lifespan and higher morbidity rates. Also, less access to preventative health services. In January of 2020, 600,000 people were experiencing homelessness in America, not to mention the increase of homelessness during the COVID-19 pandemic. That's 0.2% of the population. I talked to Lily Catalano, the clinical manager at the National Healthcare for the Homeless Council, to see her insight on the relationship between homelessness and healthcare. Well, it's kind of a two way relationship because mm-hmm. a lot of people actually become homeless because of a health issue. Mm-hmm. And then once someone is homeless, um, a lot, you know, their health deteriorates at a rate much more rapidly than someone who has housing. Housing plays a large role in the reason homeless people have trouble with healthcare. Not being under a roof comes with serious health risks, but they are stuck in a vicious cycle that makes it impossible to escape. Gentrification is one factor that has negatively contributed to this issue. Take Oakland, California, for example. It used to be a hub for low-income housing and is now a hipster area for millennials to live, which displaces those who relied on the low-income housing Oakland offered. The prices of these houses and apartments skyrocketed and left residents on the streets or in their cars. And yep, you guessed it, with no money for health insurance. In 2010, President Barack Obama passed the Affordable Care Act, saying that healthcare is deemed affordable if it is less than 8% of your annual income. The average cost of family healthcare in America is $1,152 per month. That's over $12,000 a year. The median annual wage in 2019 was $34,000. Lower to middle class Americans struggle to pay for this on a daily basis. How is someone who can't even pay for rent expected to pay for health insurance on top of all of that? No person should have to choose whether they should be saving for health or a house. By choosing to save for a house, they risk facing financial penalty for not having health care. A family can be fined 2.5% of their household income for not having health insurance. Providing unconditional, affordable housing to homeless populations is a key factor in aiding the entire population with health care, and it is statistically proven to improve health outcomes. Living without a home for a prolonged period of time die 12 years sooner than the general U.S. population. Said by the National Healthcare for the Homeless Council, no amount of healthcare can substitute for stable housing. In addition, there's a huge difference between health equity and health equality that sometimes goes unseen. Let's look at Lily's take on this. I think of that is that equality means um, giving every, or offering the same thing to everyone. And equity is more about looking at people's individual situations and offering whatever is needed for them to reach the same outcomes. Like Lily said, health equality is not catered to people's needs, and health equity is more preferable for the homeless population to receive the same standard of care as the rest of the nation. Of the 600,000 homeless people in the U.S., 30% of them are women. Homeless women have trouble getting access to period products like pads and tampons. They are crazy expensive and inaccessible for those in underserved areas. It is inevitable that females will need these products, yet they are so expensive and hard to access. So the next time you go to buy period products, consider buying an extra box and donating them to a woman's shelter. Next time you go in for a checkup with the doctor, remember that not everybody has that privilege. The next time you're walking on the streets of a busy city and see a man sleeping on the sidewalk, remind yourself. He deserves the same access to healthcare as the rest of the country. So what can you do to help? Well, the answer is much more simple than you may think. Uh, you know, the most fundamental thing is that people need to be treated with dignity and that, um, you know, how you interact with a person and acknowledge their humanity and their um, agency is more important than anything else, I would say. So like you heard from Lily, donations and basic human necessities are great, but they don't do much if homeless people are not treated as who they really are, which is just good people stuck in a bad situation. I'm your host, Lindsay Corfield, and thank you for listening to Health Without a Home.